Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From the corner, Barry. Rick Barry has not missed a free throw against Washington. Now it is Barry. Back to Clifford Ray. Goes to Rick Barry. Golden State getting that ball moving. Intended for Barry. Barry, look at that pass. Rick Barry, look at that shot, would you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry wants to make a move. There's a Barry. He's got his shot. Barry Show. This is Rick Barry, along with Cyrus Satch, my cohort in crime, uh, my former producer on the Rick Barry Show that I had on KMBR Radio many years ago, and uh, had a lot of fun together. And uh, so let's uh, yeah, let's do, get started. Rick. We got we got mic'd up. We got the Rick Barry Show. We got all kinds of things going on. Stuff's going on in the world of sports, and I had to suffer through. And you can imagine this, Cyrus, because you know me well suffer through listening to these fools on ESPN talking about and rating the top five players for next year so who they are the best players in the league are I mean again you got to do it by position folks okay I'm sorry so you don't take Giannis over Steph Curry I mean they play different positions different skills involved but to have Steph Curry even in that scenario listed fifth I almost wanted to vomit when I said I said what are you what are you people on drugs what is the problem with you over there I mean, seriously, you're not, you're obviously not, you're not, your mind is not functioning properly. And then Perkins, I mean, all of a sudden we got the intro. Perkins is all of a sudden the big expert in basketball right now. Okay. Oh, oh my heavens. Give me a break. Uh, you know, Hey, nice guy. Terrific guy. Oh, but man. All right. He should be thanking his lucky stars. Um, okay. So let's, let's get going on this. I mean, let's, let's, let's do that one before we get into the other craziness that's going on with the Boston Celtics. Yeah. So, uh, you know, LeBron was sixth, by the way, for you who didn't realize it. I'm sure you probably understand. They put LeBron sixth as the best player. But again, it's a waste of my time to talk about players listed as who's the best because let's talk about it. If we want to talk about it, best guard, okay, on the list that they had there, it would be Steph Curry. Yeah. If you want to talk about the center position, you can have a real interesting conversation now. Do you want the Joker or do you want Giannis? Because both of them are centers. Although... Giannis is almost more like a four, I mean, than he is a five, right? Yeah. So I mean, I'd, have to, I'd have to throw him there. So we could take the Joker at the five, Giannis at the four. Yes. Then I, it's pretty hard not to say LeBron at the three. Even now, yeah. <laughs> you know, even now, right? It's pretty hard not to, not to say LeBron at the three. And uh, and then see, who was the other one they had? It was, well, uh, well they, they, they put Luca as a point yeah, Luka. guard. Yeah, Luca is the point guard. So you could actually play Luca as a two-one. There so you, you can put Luca at the two and there Steph is the one. There you go. Now you got the five guys, each in the position that makes some <laughs> sense because Luca does play one really, but he could be a two as a one. But he also LeBron does the same thing. He does yeah. three, two, one, right? That's true. Because people are very versatile in changing things around. But anyway, obviously some outstanding, you know, outstanding choices and some outstanding players in the league has a lot of great ones. Um and you could have a real interesting conversation if you started getting into the positions. I mean, you know, again, John Moran isn't exactly chopped liver. I mean, <laughs> there's a few other players out there that uh, that could, could come into the conversation as well. So anyway, take it for what it is, folks. It's yeah, it's just a, a way to have conversation and talk. It is. 
Who's the exactly. greatest? Okay, forget the greatest. Go by position. There you go. Then have your conversation. Then take those five guys in each one of those positions, and then take somebody else and have a conversation with somebody who's better in that position. Now you can have a meaningful discussion, and it makes some sense because you don't compare a four to a one, a two to a five. It makes no sense. Okay. <laughs> End of story. And if we were doing the real super, do you have a stuff there? Come on, it drives me crazy. It really does. Absolutely. Oh, I don't have sound effects on this. Okay, thing. so we don't have sound effects there <laughs> yeah. because. Because on normal circumstances, we would play the music, you know, it drives me crazy. And this really drives me crazy. Okay. <laughs> so listening, I mean, I can't believe how much time they spent talking about the Boston Celtics, you know, when they, you know, about getting, for him getting one year suspension for having what's, I, I guess it is a consensual relationship with one, a person who worked in the Boston Celtics office. Is that correct? Well, more information's come out now. Uh, okay. So, so one report came out and said, uh, and I'm going to track this down exactly because I have it's it's a report that came out this morning from the Athletic. Here it is, right here. It's from the Athletic in in Boston. Uh, quote: The Celtics became aware of a relationship in July. A team leadership was led to believe by both parties that it was consensual, but the woman recently accused Udoka of making unwanted comments toward her leading team to launch a set of internal interviews and then on top of that unquote on top of that uh matt barnes who's who's kind of shifted into the media game as well uh he came out publicly on social media and backtracked he originally apparently tweeted out supporting udoka but then as more more information is coming out uh matt barnes said he actually spoke to some people found out the truth and he said the truth is disturbing him and that he's no longer uh defending uh ima udoka and that so I, we don't know what happened, but it yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I'm just saying that this is what's there. I listened and I heard, you know, the people from the Boston Celtics talking about it, you know, their you know, president or whoever. And, and, you know, I mean, the, I, I, nobody said anything, said we really don't have much to say. We can't say we have to protect the people doing that. So what meaning is the press conference? I mean, because they didn't really give you any answers. So how yeah. do you rake an evaluation of something that you have no real details as to what happened? And here, let me just make this point, okay? I think this is a very pertinent point. Do you honestly think that in all of the themes in professional sports that are going on around the world, that there are not relationships and stuff taking place? Because this is, this is a relationship, a relationship amongst the workers that are there. I mean, whether it's a staff or whether it's somebody who's a part of the team and the coaching staff or whatever, or just a regular worker, it happens all the time, folks. Yeah. I, mean, I know from in the past, personally, I mean, know for sure some of the things that took place. I didn't see somebody getting fired or doing something there. I mean, there's been so much going on. If somebody wants to do an expose, they could do a documentary on this. It would be amazing. The, the stories that would come out. And my, my whole thing about it is, and I have to agree, if this is the case, how do you only suspend the guy? Fire him. I know. I, mean, I Yeah. It's weird. It's just weird. You're right. It's, it's ambiguous in terms of the punishment because, they they call it a one one year suspension, but they also say he's not necessarily coming back after a year. They're not guaranteeing his job is in place after that year is up. They, they're basically saying we'll revisit this after a year. Then Ime Udoka himself apologized. Uh, he was contrite. He confessed. Uh, you know he's not disagreeing with the Celtics. So I I think he look, I I'm trying to do the math here. I think Ime did something bad. I think he did something bad because if he was an innocent man or if it was something as simple as 
a relationship. And granted, the relationship itself is not very innocent because he's a married man. Uh, so I know he's got his own problems to deal with at home now. But um, it, but for the Celtics to come out and accuse him of multiple team violations, they use it in plural in their yeah. statement. And then for Udoka to not deny any of it and just to apologize, it makes me think he did something. You know, I, well, I, here's the thing. My, you know, like you have your sources, your sources and hearing all this stuff. I actually do have a source. OK. <laughs> And there, there was something happening, and it wasn't just one woman. Oh, and there was people, and people do did have other partners in life and doing stuff. So it's a real freaking Peyton Place for you younger people who don't know what Peyton Place was. It's a show on television about all these crazy things and sexual relations and things going on in Peyton Place. So it became like a, I guess, a little Peyton Place thing. So yeah, and that's what it is. But you know, hey, if that's the case, I mean, he violated rules. He did something against the code of ethics that we believe in here, and he is being relieved of his duties as coach of the Boston Celtics. End of story. But this one suspension thing is really weird. And speaking of that, right now, somebody just called me up and said, "Rick, do you think we can get the team?" I said, "What are you talking about?" He says, "Can we get the Suns and the, the Mercury because Sarver's going to sell the team yes. now with his one-year suspension because yes. I guess he doesn't want to have to deal with." all of that stuff so anyway Rick, are you gonna, wait, 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 are you gonna you might be one of the owners of the suns no well, somebody that i know has been trying to get me involved with them for they've been trying to buy a team forever so i think oh, they're please. gonna try to, they're Do gonna it. try they're gonna, amazing, Rick. they're gonna try to make it they're gonna try to make a, a run and try to see if they can get the team you know i mean it's a it's a great place a great place to be able yeah. to live in the winter time for sure i mean and it's been a good franchise forever in fact i i even told the person to call me Who's, who's pretty successful, actually has a book coming out in a, in a little bit. I can't divulge anything at this stage, but he, uh, I told him, I said, I actually, when I was with the Warriors initially, we actually played regularly some games in, around the, up in Seattle to, you know, decide to see if they could get Seattle as a new franchise in Phoenix. I mean, so basically we went to test the market playing games as the Warriors in these other cities that wound up becoming franchises. And of course, you know, Seattle moved to Oklahoma City, but Phoenix has been there forever, obviously. You know, still, every time I say Phoenix, I just brings up such a bad memory of me losing that game. 76. Yeah, I'm sorry. Man. Don't get me into that one. 76. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so all of that's going on. But man, I can't believe how much time they spent talking about something with no real information, but yet they spent an, an enormous amount of time talking about the Boston Celtics situation with nothing really to talk about. I mean, oh, Rick, I, I got to make this clear real quick. So you have, your sources are telling you that Ime Udoka was involved with more than one woman and that this could have been like a big swinger type like, like I don't, scenario? No, no, not necessarily they were all together, but there was more than just one person involved in this. And maybe that's why, you know, they, they can't really say it's things. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, again, this is just me hearing it from another from a source. It's like, it's almost like we're talking about and trying to figure out What's going to happen with Kevin Durant? <laughs> I mean, we don't know. We don't have all the definitive. I can't. I, 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 I feel pretty confident that what I heard is something that probably is true. Um, pretty good source that I'm not going to divulge. But the thing is, is that none of that was taken. That press conference was so uneventful because they really didn't say anything. They did not. It was ambiguous. Yeah, it was totally ambiguous. I mean, it's, you know, what the hell? And, and then and even when they said about, yeah, well, we haven't decided. We don't know. How did you come up? At least one writer or reporter asked a good question, you know, about why the one-year suspension and not firing him. And they didn't really have a great answer. For they that. didn't. So they didn't. Yeah. It is It is what it is. And then, and then uh, 
what's his face? Uh, the president, I'm going to draw a blank on his name. Uh, Brad. Brad. Stevens, yeah. 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 Brad. Brad said he, he almost seemed like he was going to almost cry saying about the women and what they had to go through and stuff. I mean, so what was that all about, too? That was weird. That was that weird. Was You're so right. Strange. Man. Wow. Oh, unbelievable. Okay, but okay, but I'm still mad. Steph Curry. <laughs> but, but Rick, right. I gotta ask you this: as someone who's been in, involved in the game as long as you have, have you ever seen anything else like this? No, because back in the days when I've been involved doing stuff, people didn't pay attention. It wasn't front page news. Everybody's looking for these kinds of you know meaty stories. Yeah. This is what it's all about: is that the sensationalism. You know, I mean, the, the writers would go out and go drink beer and do stuff with the guys after the game. They only wrote about the game. They True. were looking for what the guy was doing if he was screwing somebody. You know, when he was away from the game, or you know, True. what the hell was going on. I mean, so it's a different world. Yeah, so it's a totally different world. I mean, this stuff has gone on. I mean, ad infinitum. I mean, it's like crazy. They could write probably multiple stories about what took place in some of the teams with these types of situations. Right. That existed. I mean, I know personally about about one that was somebody was a friend of mine you know, with something. Go. I mean, seriously, I, mean, I don't even want to get into it. All right. But, I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that has gone on, but nobody paid a whole much attention to it. But now they love this stuff. I mean, this is like, you know, flies going after you know what, man. Yeah. That stuff's laying on the ground. Boy, the flies are right there. So this is the way it works today. It's, it is, and there's it's just and there's so much drama to it. Like like uh, your favorite broadcaster Stephen A. Smith. I'm being uh, facetious saying that, but uh, on his show today he had Malika Andrews who hosts uh, the NBA on ESPN show, and they were like bickering. Like like Stephen A. Smith actually like kind of interrupted her and told her to shut up in not so many words. Um, then that it was, it was his show and to not be interrupted. There was some drama there. So it's it's yeah, this whole thing is crazy. This whole thing is crazy. Uh, M.A. Doka, I don't know whether I feel sorry for him or whether or not his actions warranted all this negative attention and, and subsequent consequences. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, but we're not going to spend more time doing it because we've already spent too much time on it as it is. <laughs> so let's see if we got some some uh, people who have written in with some questions and stuff. So why don't we pull something up there, Cyrus? Yeah. Do you want to handle it? Do you want to, uh, no, no, you got it. All right. So let's start with Mindy here. Let's see what she has to say. Hey, Rick, Phil here. Hey, quick question. Uh, watching the playoffs last year, the Warriors obviously had a great run, won the title, uh, but Memphis had their number until John Morant went out. What are your thoughts on, you know, the Warriors against uh, Memphis? Um, you know, John had been healthy. He, he actually made the Warriors look slow, which is pretty amazing. Uh, hopefully they have a great season this year and uh, do some damage. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, it's actually a very good question, and and justifiably so, because, I mean, job was causing a lot of problems for him, and that was a big factor, but that's part of sports. Injuries are a part of sports. Those are the things that happen. I mean, just ask the Golden State Warriors about that. What would have happened if Clay Thompson and KD hadn't gotten hurt? There's no way Toronto would have won, right? Oh, so, absolutely. And, and that's that part of it. And as far as next year is concerned, it's irrelevant, because... That team is not going to be the same team next year. The Warriors are not going to be the same team next year. they got different personnel that people have come. So what we have to do is we just have to wait, see how the things unfold. If they play each other at that time, we can do an evaluation of it, which will have some meaning to it. And I just want to add, too, Gary Payne II got injured in that same series. The Warriors actually won game one of that series when they had Gary Payne II. So, uh, you know, injury, like I said, injuries happen. I, I don't think John Morant not, it would have made that much of a difference because the Warriors beat them with Jaw. And, and, the, and the Grizzlies last year, just put it in perspective, Rick, without John Morant, they were 20-2. and two. 
Uh, that's a relatively large sample size. It's a quarter of the season that the Grizzlies without John Morant were 20 and two. They were better defensively. Uh, offensively, they were almost the same. So I don't know if John Morant at this point of his career actually makes the Grizzlies better. Um, I don't know. Uh, you, you just want to throw that in there as well. I don't know. No, if, no, if that no. that's, that's a very good, you know, very good observation based upon, you know, facts. I mean, you're not doing it in your opinion. <laughs> Those are based yeah. upon those were facts that you brought out there, not not your even any opinion. Uh, so yeah, that's and that's always a good thing. So, but yeah, I do think he could have made. Yeah, I said yes, he could have made a, a difference without question. I mean, a player of his caliber, you yeah. know, in a close ball game, could do things that most other players can't do. So you don't know the answer to that. That's total and complete speculation. What you had to say was not. So let's get somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, why don't we go to uh, Rossi? Let's see what Rossi has said. Hey, Rick and Cyrus, Jim Rossiter here from the East Bay, checking in to see if you think the NBA has got it right in how they manage ownership behavior and how should future owners be uh, decided here in the NBA. Thanks for your response. Hmm. Well, obviously, obviously they they're serious about it. I mean, whether it's the right thing or not, who is it for me to say? I mean, again, it'd just be my opinion. I mean, they did everything that they had agreed upon doing or what they were capable of doing as far as not the punishment for the one-year suspension, as far as the, the the fine. That was the maximum fine that could be, in, you know, to be instituted against the the person, uh, you know, Sharver. I mean, uh, Sharver, yeah. I mean, so anyway, he, yeah, that's, they did what they had to do. I mean, I don't, you know, one-year suspension, I think that was pretty significant. You know, you take somebody's child away from for a year. I mean, this is, you know, you invested hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever the hell he paid for it into a, a company and your company's taken away for a year and people are saying that's not a severe penalty. I'm going, yeah. what do you, I hate, I said, I would hate to be, you be the teacher and you have to decide on the penalty for me if I did something wrong at school, if you didn't think that was severe, my God. <laughs> and, well, so let me ask that you could actually bet on this, Rick, and I'm curious to know what, what, which side you would bet on. You could bet on the over under for the selling price of the Phoenix Suns, and that over under amount is two point seven five billion dollars. Do you think the selling price will go over or under that amount? Well, I think probably under only because of where it is, the market. Gotcha. I don't think the Phoenix market is big enough to justify a huge, huge price. Whereas, you know, the Warriors are in the San Francisco Bay Area, and that's why they're we are four something million, whatever it may be. I mean, that that has a lot to do with it. So, but it's still going to be a significant number. <laughs> Let's face it; it will be a significant number. So, yeah. So, it'd be interesting to see who uh, who comes up with it all. But I do know my guy's going to make a run at it. So we'll see what happens with that. Here's a Taylor uh, Duvicus uh, with a great topic. Andre Iguodala. Hey, Rick and Cyrus. Uh, with the breaking news that Iggy's coming back for his 19th season, uh, what do you think he brings to the team? And do you think any of his uh, value is, is going to be on the floor next year? Or do you think it's primarily as a, as a veteran bench presence? Okay, well, Cyrus, I'm going to hear your opinion on this one first. Okay, so I, t- I talked about this earlier today on Locked on Warriors. Um, Here's where I think the value of Andre Iguodala comes in for his 19th and final season. He made that clear that this is this is it. This is the last year. Uh, one, with Gary Payton II gone, I think he can give you spot minutes that are valuable defending another team's best player. Kawhi Leonard comes to mind. Uh, John Morant comes to mind. Um, even if it's just a five or ten minute spell per game, you can make an impact for that. But I also think Andre Iguodala, and this is Rick, I would love for you to tell me if I'm right or wrong here. When it comes to Draymond Green, 
there's no other player on that team who keeps him in check better uh, than Andre Iguodala. Like, they, like the last year's Grizzly series is an example when it, when Draymond got ejected. I think it was game one, and he was going around like dancing, taunting the whole arena, and they're getting pissed off at him. It was Andre Iguodala who grabbed him, looked right in his face, and said, "Look, we got a we got a playoff series to play here. Uh, you know, get your emotions in check." And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I don't know if that's what he really said, but so so it's it's a, it's a calming presence. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga expressed uh, gratitude that Andre Iguodala was coming back for another season because I guess he looks up to him as a mentor. I see value. What do you think, Rick? I would agree 100% with you uh, for both of your comments that you made, without without question. Thank uh, you. Flattered. Yes, I mean he'll be he'll be someone that will be used sparingly, uh, but certainly can have an impact and 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 be a positive for the team on the court, and probably more so off the court. No question about it. I agree. Yeah, and who knows what he does after this year? Wait, can I, are you in Colorado Springs right now? Are you at home? Yeah, I'm still in Colorado right now. I'm going the heck down to Florida. You know, next you know not till probably November. All right. So because the reason why I ask is because this weekend Sunday night national TV on prime time. Uh, the 49ers, I believe, are in Denver to take on uh, the Broncos. Uh, any? Are you following football this year? Any thoughts? Oh yeah, I, I always, I, you know, I enjoy watching it. I mean, I have to say one thing. I just like I love Steph Curry watching play. I love, I, I love watching Mahomes. I, I mean, I wish it was the Kansas. I mean, I just love watching him play. He's Agreed. so much Agreed. fun to watch. You know, and I mean, they, and they have a lot of really great young quarterbacks uh, in in the league this year but he's he, he is definitely without question my 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 favorite a lot of other good ones jackson i mean he he's pretty remarkable I, although i was kind of shocked that tua that they came back and got that win against the ravens that last time i mean that was unbelievable. yeah come back oh my god but that's the beauty of sports is you see those things happening so um yeah, and, and the 49ers, they, you know, figure out what's happening. You know, Jimmy got a chance to get back in there. And to, I mean, who the hell knows? And right now, I mean, the Broncos haven't looked all that great. I mean, my God, I mean, they should have beaten Seattle when they went back over there. I felt, I felt uh, you know, badly in that regard that they couldn't come away with the win for their new quarterback who is struggling right now. Some, uh, would you say that he's struggling a bit? The last- well, the, it's, it's, your, it's the head coach. First of all, he... He likes to be called Nathaniel, not not Nate or Nat. Nathaniel. He he makes sure everyone pronounces his full name. But he bungled at that first game you're talking about in Seattle. Remember, it was fourth and five. You have a two hundred million dollar quarterback in Russell Wilson, and the the, the clock management was awful. They go for a sixty four uh, yard field goal. Uh, and the whole scenario was bungled. I, I think the early impression is. Well, Russell, I mean, Russell, Russell struggled also in the last game. He, he, he really struggled. But also, it was so funny to see the replay with Peyton Manning over there going, time out. Yes, time yes. Out. What are you That's waiting for? Yes. Time out. <laughs> yes. That's the game I'm talking about. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, so I, I was just curious because you're, the Broncos look horrible. But in Colorado, in Colorado the Broncos are, are gods. Um, That's why I was, no, no pun intended, you have the Garden of the Gods near where you are. Yeah. Um, but, but they're revered. I mean, the Broncos are revered, but I'm guessing everyone's pissed off at that coach because he looks awful. <laughs> he looks incompetent. I'm still, I'm still, Rick, I'm still on, on cloud nine thinking about you being the president of the Phoenix Suns. I know I'm jumping like 50 no, steps ahead. I, no, I don't think, no. If my guy might decide to do something, but there's no way I'm taking on the responsibility of ever having to do something of that nature. <laughs> 
I would have no desire whatsoever to tie myself down. Somebody even talked about doing something if I'd be interested if they did something in the world of pickleball, which, you know, is one of my passions now. Yeah. I said, look, I don't want to have anything that I have to do. I have to work five days a week. Okay. I'm sorry. I, don't, I have no desire to do that. I mean, you know, even doing the radio show, I mean, when I did that five days a week, I mean, it's a job. I mean, well, it's not a job because I love what I'm doing. I love yeah. broadcasting and stuff. But it wouldn't be a job, but it would be very demanding of my time. And at this stage of life, I have so many things I still want to be able to do. I'm going to get to go on a cruise with this company, Vital Sea, that I'm an ambassador for. And we're going to go on a cruise to, through the Panama Canal, you know, uh, in March, which I'm really looking forward to doing and zip lining in one of the ports. And my wife and I are going to go and we're going to set up to have some pickleball in one of the ports. It's going to be a great trip. So I, I, I'd rather spend my time doing stuff like that, like being in cruising in the Mediterranean last May and doing that. But I could still be involved in doing something things though there's i think i can bring something to the table for it i tell you the thing i'm probably most shocked about okay is that i've reached out over the years to a number of players and it said you know what if you got if you're interested i'd be more than happy to get together with you i think i can show you some things that would take your game to another level right and no one has taken me up on it that's their loss i'm, I'm just shocked because you know, I, if somebody can show me a way to do something better that I'm doing, I, at least I want to hear about it. You know, I want to hear about it. So anyway, that's the way it is. And uh, but that's life. So anyway, let's get a couple more questions because I yeah, actually yeah. Have to go. I'm actually been invited to go to a, a premiere for a movie because Mr. Anschutz, who has the uh, the Broadmoor Hotel and stuff and is very successful you know, businessman and all does some movies. Now. So I'm getting to go see a movie and go to dinner at the Broadmoor. So oh, I, I, I have to get ready to go over and do that pretty quickly here. So fun. Well, so let's get some more. Let's get here's some a question more from Greg, and it's going to lead into something I wanted to ask you as well. So here's Greg. What will the Warriors do in training camp and preseason to prepare to defend their championship? What have other teams done? knowing that they'll get the best uh, from every team each night. Well, I mean, as a coach, you shouldn't have to do anything. Say, guys, we're the defending champions. Every time we step on the court, we're a target. That's all you have yeah. to say. Every game, you know, for the teams, especially there aren't the good teams, if they can beat the defending champions, that's a big milestone for them. So you know that you have to mentally be prepared to play every time you put your uniform on for the entire season. You should be doing that anyway even if you weren't the defending champions. But if you're defending champions, you know that the other team is going to be ready for you. So now you got to be ready for them. But the biggest thing that they have to do is to accept the responsibilities given to them by Steve Kerr and the staff as to what you need to do to contribute to this team, first and foremost, to become one of the best defensive teams in the league. Because without that, you will not win. Defense doesn't win championships by itself. But you don't win a championship if you're not a good defensive team. You know, I'm going to media day this Sunday, Rick. Uh, you've been on the player side of this. I've always been on the media side. I've been going to one in like over 10 years. Um, what are your thoughts on media day? Like, did they have those when you were in your playing days? And did you like it? Is, what are your Cyrus, we were on delayed television for the finals of the NBA championship. Okay. <laughs> we didn't, you know, what we did is we, we hoped at the end of a game at the end of the game, we hoped that the opposing team's radio broadcasters would choose you to come on their show so that you could get a dick gift certificate or something. So it was a different world back then. No, <laughs> to answer your question, of definitive, no, we didn't have all of that stuff. No, they, they actually did have, I mean, they, they it was minor. It was nothing. Just, yeah, nothing. Because I'm guessing the players now hate it because the players now love to hide 
behind their social media accounts. They want to control their own narrative. But media day is that one day where they have they have to address the media and they have to take questions. This is why the Celtics, the timing of this is awful because their media day is Monday, I think, or somewhere around there. And you know this Ime Udoka thing is going to dominate that whole day. Well, it should, but it should. <laughs> but here's the thing. It really shouldn't because the thing is, is that's there. He's no longer there. You need to talk about who the coach is, what you're going to do as a team and everything. And and they should not take questions. Those questions, no, that's not a question. That's not what we're, we're not talking about that here. This is about the team and what we're doing for the season. And they should control that. Right. Uh, here's Lee Strombolis has a question. This is a good one. Uh, I'm curious as well. Hey, Rick. After the Warriors season this year, the Warriors are going to face a decision of extensions with Green, Poole, and Wiggins. Putting Green aside, if you had to make a decision between Wiggins or Poole, your thoughts on who you would rather sign? Mm. Thank you, Rick. Mm. Well, well, it would all depend upon how they play this season. I can't give you the answer now. It's the same old thing. I mean, it's just this. I mean, who knows? I don't know who's going to play well. I mean, Wiggins seemed to come into his own. I think he may that may have been, you know, his uh, his rebirth, so to speak. I mean, because he didn't do what he was expected to do when he first started, but he certainly came through when they needed him. Was very consistent throughout the playoffs, an integral part of their success. Uh, Pool obviously has, uh, you know, took taken from a chance where he didn't look like he was even going to be able to play in the league to come back and to be a, a real factor for the team and has a big upside. And it's just a matter of how much he's have worked on his game in this off season and how much he is going to improve and how consistent he's going to be in his performance. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can't make that decision until later on, you know, Draymond's a whole nother story. I mean, he's getting a little bit up there in, in age and being, if he's healthy and continues to play well, um, he brings a lot of things to the team that, you know, you don't can't look at the stat sheet necessarily to say that you know that's the impact as far as points and rebounds and things of that nature, assist. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a big decision that Bob Myers and the, and the organization is going to have to make. But it's premature to talk about it right now. We'll just have to wait and see how the season plays itself out. But it'll be a big decision. And but the thing about it is, is that if the if everything goes well and they get back and have a chance to you know be back in the finals again. You know, maybe, you know, Joe and Peter, you know, Lake up and, and, and Goober will decide that, hey, it's worth spending the money to go ahead and keep this thing together and, you know, try to get a, a, a three-peat, you know, if they can pull out the second one. So a lot of factors. So as there I said, I, I'm not a big person for talking about things in the future that you don't have any idea about, because that to me is kind of like a little bit of like a waste of time just like the whole kevin durant thing was such a freaking waste of time until <laughs> if he decided to go somewhere then we can now who cares you know if he goes there what are they giving up let's analyze it was it a good move for either side do it that makes some stuff the other stuff is all just total and complete speculation and people's opinions and i was bored by it to be honest with you. <laughs> well let me, i'll throw some things out there to to add to this topic uh, the CBA is up for renegotiation this year, and and what what my understanding is, um, I had Keith Smith, he's a salary cap expert on on Locked On Warriors about a month or so ago. He's incredibly optimistic, and I've heard this from other people as well that the CBA is going to be um, revised, where teams will no longer be paying luxury tax penalties on their own draft picks because that kind of goes against the whole spirit of law of punishing teams, you know, for being big spenders. But what if these players that you're spending big on are players you drafted? It, it kind of doesn't make sense. So there's a strong possibility they're going to revise that rule to stop penalizing teams uh, who, for, who are using the bird rights to 
key players and, and that they've drafted. And that benefits the Warriors tremendously because the only big money player that they have that they didn't draft is Andrew Wiggins. So there's a strong possibility a year from now um, the Warriors are going to be fine in terms of money. Well, they can I, actually, I had, I, I, well, I'm glad you're, you, you know, you're a fountain of information. I appreciate that's why I love having the co-host. Um, <laughs> be, no, seriously, that's that would be the smartest thing in the world to do. I agree. That's ridiculous that you're going to yeah. have to pay a fine to keep players that you drafted. You were smart enough to draft them, and now you want to keep your team together and do stuff, but you're going to be penalized for doing that. That makes no sense whatsoever. So that would be a great change to the rules and it would be an incredible incredible bonus for the warriors uh moving forward because then if you only have one guy and wiggins plays well and does stuff and everything well okay we'll pay the tax for him because we're not gonna have to pay the tax of the other guys yeah and then and then i also spoke so another uh caveat to that topic i spoke with dr nira pendia he's an orthopedic surgeon who does media uh, uh appearances and talking about sports injuries and draymond green uh that back injury was very real um, and all indications are like, he's never going to be fully the same again. Um, that herniated disc he has in the back. I don't think that just heals and goes away. Um, and the cause of the injuries was particularly just, uh, concerning is that it's from the wear and tear of banging down low against much bigger players year after year. So if there's a, they're going to have to load manage him this year. If they want him fresh for the postseason. I don't think you're giving him a max deal after this year given he's, he's 32 years old and he's, and he's just going to get older and his body's just going to break down more and more. So, um, yeah, that's one piece of information that is a little concerning when it comes to the Warriors, that Draymond Green has likely peaked as an athlete because of that back injury. And, and he seems confident that he's going to be fine. But from what I, my, what I got from the doctor is, and from information from Draymond himself in this interview that just got published a week ago that he did back in, like, mid-March, uh, that back injury was real. He couldn't run. Uh, he couldn't jump. It took him like a, like a month and a half just to be able to start moving normally again uh, in the rehab process. But that's that's serious, man. I hope he's okay. Well, any back any back injury is super serious because you can't you just you just can't even function as a normal human being, let alone a professional basketball player. Exactly, running up and down the court and jumping and banging and doing what you do, and then you get knocked down and you fall and you get a jarring thing. God only knows what that can wind up doing to it. So there'll be the big question mark for him, you know, all season long with that. And I would agree with you that because of that situation, and even if he plays exceptionally well. I don't think they'll have to give him a max contract because I don't think any other team would risk giving him a max contract yeah. under the circumstances that exist with his health. Exactly. Um, by the way, I, you know, my, my buddy and I were talking, and I'd love to get your your perspective on this. We, we we both grew up in the Niners and the Niners dynasty in the 80s and 90s, and we see a lot of parallels. There's a correlation to me between that dynasty of the 80s, 90s, uh, 49ers, and the current Golden State Warriors. I mean, you're you're a Bay Area legend. You're around for a lot of those Niners teams. I'm guessing you're friends with Joe Montana or at least are familiar with them. Do you see the comparisons there? I mean, to me, Steve Young and Joe Montana, there's a synergy there. I don't know. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, no. I mean, listen, first of all, it's like a it's like a huge fraternity. Uh, everybody has – you have mutual respect for other athletes in other sports. Um, and, you know, I've met so many incredible people over my my lifetime I'm here sure. in, all, in all walks of life. Yeah. It's a really because I love greatness and such an honor and thrill. And yes, I think everybody has that feeling. I mean, even though I was friends with Al Davis and doing stuff, I still pulled for the 49ers. I was a big Joe Montana fan, Steve Young fan. I rooted for them all the time because I originally was a San Francisco warrior. And so, 
Yeah, I, th- I think there's a mutual respect and admiration that everybody has for that and uh, those two great players. And then, and I'm sure that those guys feel the same way about the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, no question about that. And then the A's during our time there, the A's are unbelievable. Reggie and right. Catfish Hunter and all the other guys there and Sal Bando and all the guys. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, because my good friend, George Martinovich, God rest his soul, was gone, who had the Elegant Farmer restaurant in Jack London Square that I used oh. to go to. And he had tickets right behind the A's dugout. And so I would be there and was there for the, for the, for the playoffs and the world series and all of that stuff. And so that was, that was really, really kind of cool. And then I got a chance because of the, of the KNBR and stuff with the, with the San Francisco, Willie Mays is my hero for God's sake. And he came out here, he's the San Francisco warrior. And then I got to be involved because they were the broadcast, you know, broadcasting the war, the, uh, the Giants at that time. And so that was great. And I got to go down there and meet so many other different athletes and run into other people. I mean, come on. I I mean, Oh my God, it just breaks my heart. Oh, when I think about some of the people that I've met who were Giants fans who were there, who were famous, uh, famous people, uh, man, it it, it was, it was, it was really a thrill for me. I mean, some really, really cool people. Uh, Anyway, I'm not even going to get into it because it breaks my heart to think about Robin Williams. I mean, that he's not around with us anymore. And I got to meet Robin because he was a huge fan, Mm. you know? And, and so, yeah, I mean, sports is great in so many different ways. And I I always joke because I was just, who was I with? Just somebody was a really, really at a charity event and i said to him said oh man you guys are great doing it blah 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 and i'd love to be able to do that i said yeah well here's the thing i said you know what we have a chance to do what you're doing you don't ever have a chance to do what we're doing (laughs) if you're an actor you know an actor an actor was just saying that i said hey that is a fantasy for you but we actually and some guys have gone on to actually do what you're doing i said but you're never gonna be able to do what we do and so but you know but most of the people you meet are so you know really great i mean I've, every time i turn around i see kevin hart because i got to meet and know kevin hart and i really love him he's so much right fun. and he's on tv all the time you see everywhere. him around. yeah everywhere he's everywhere now he's like Shaq. i mean every time you turn around <laughs> see him. And then joe I, I was with joe Namath, who I, i've known ever since we both played when we were back in new york and been friends with joe I tell Joe, I says, damn it. I said, I can't watch TV without seeing you pop up there talking about all this Medicare stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. uh, and, I always, and I always think of uh, Will Chamberlain, obviously. He was in that that uh, Bruce Lee movie. Uh, or no, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I'm sorry. It was in that Bruce Lee Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was also an airplane. An airplane, yes, yeah. exactly. No, Will Chamberlain was in Conan the Barbarian. That's right. Thank you. And then, with, and Arnold, then Jim Schwartz, Brown, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's right. And then Jim Brown's been in a few movies, I think, as well. Yeah. Well, Jim was, in a, Jim was in a bunch of movies, a lot a of Western movies. Yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. Jim and was you were a... in Coach, right, in the 80s? Is that correct? I was I was in Coach, and they, they said, God, if we had known that you had done that, we would have had you for the whole season, and we would have, oh. had, you start, we would have had you dating you know, his, his girlfriend, and we could have made that because oh. the, the show, the whole thing was the year of hell for him. And, and they said, oh, my God, if we had known that you had some experience in acting, we would have definitely had you come and had us had the, had the school hire you as the oh. basketball coach. So oh, that was I love fun. Craig so, Nelson, man. That was a, such a great show. Well, hey, I'm hoping to get in one time. I got somebody I know, Noam Moran, the guy. He's the head of a big thing. They got billions of dollars to invest in movies, and they're going to be doing a remake of uh, High Noon. And uh, there's a possibility. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I've always wanted to do a possibility. I might be able to get a small little part in that movie. So we'll see what happens. But Al Ruddy, Ruddy, who did The Godfather, who I knew was going to put me in his movie about Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders. And unfortunately, the financing didn't go through. And I missed out on my chance to to do that. I've had a lot of close calls getting to do something. I, I I studied acting in college. 
when I was in college, I took a lot of acting courses. And I also went and studied with a lady by the name of Estelle Harmon. And when I lived in L.A. for a year and, and took a lot of acting lessons. So that's on my bucket list of thing to do to get a chance to actually be in an actual movie. I've been on some TV shows as little things, but nothing of any significance. But that would be a cool thing. I'd love to be able to do that. Hell but anyway, yeah. I'm going to have to run because I, I have other things that I have to do with my life. Yes, and, sir. Uh, it's always fun to talk with you. Thank you for everybody for for you know, giving us some questions and doing stuff. We'll have some more doing it. I'm going to try to get a little more active and start throwing some stuff up here. I mean, uh, you know, I got to run into Jay Devillier, one of the top pickleball players and messed around and got with him. And so I'm going to start doing some more things here and kind of make it almost like a little mini Rick Barry reality show on Mike Up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Rick, real quick, let me read the copy of Mike Up. Uh, Mike Up, it's new media. It's an interactive sports media app. Unlike any other, provides meaningful conversation and insight from professionals with deep knowledge in a controlled format. So that's mic'd up for you. Download the app. Rick, did you figure out your Instagram issue? No, I, I, I still, I can't get on Instagram. I'm telling you, I can't even tell you how many times I've written it. Oh yeah, go get back. That they never, never get that back. Sucks. I never that get, sucks. I never get the text message on my phone to be able to have the code to put in, to get back on Instagram. I've had so many cool things and so many great pictures and stuff. Like I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be going fishing and doing some stuff next week up in Montana. I'd love to be able to get some photos and put some stuff on there. So, you know, I was at the, you know, uh, with Victor Green, you know, the Jets former player had a great charity event with a lot of people there. I was with Alonzo Mourning and a bunch of other people and, you know, Byron Scott and a bunch of other great athletes, the bus himself, Jerome Bettis. I mean, that sucks. I can't get this stuff on there. So anyways, that's why I'm going to have to use Mike up to do it. So <laughs> there you go. all right, Thanks, hey, all the best, everybody. Take care. God bless. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.